0: Welcome, my name is Yvonne Benninger Rothschild. I'm the executive director of the EICC New York. This podcast is brought to you by the European American Chamber of Commerce, a platform where Europeans and Americans connect to do business. To produce this series, we have asked our members from across Europe and the United States to discuss current events and how they may affect transatlantic business activities. In addition to this recording, I invite you to listen to all of our podcasts You can find them on our website at eaccny.com right slash podcasts. I hope you will enjoy the insights our members together with my team have put together, and I encourage you to subscribe to the EACC podcast series on your favorite podcast server and to rate and share them with your friends and colleagues.
1: Hi, and welcome to this episode of our Brexit Musings with PwC. My name is Paulo Frattini Melendez. I manage member engagement at the EACCNY. So with us today, we have Mary Shelton-Rose, who is a regional vice chair for PwC and has more than 30 years of professional experience. She has served clients all over the world and across many industries and sectors to help maximize their full potential leading extensive businesses to uh, new transformations. In addition to her vice chair role, Mary is also the leader of the PwC-U.S. Brexit Response Office. And in this role, Mary leads a team of professionals focused on helping U.S.-based clients navigate the risks and opportunities around Brexit. And alongside Mary, we have Mark Prater, who is a managing director of tax policy service for PwC and based in Washington, D.C. And with almost 30 years as a former senior tax writing staffer on Capitol Hill. He works with a team of key former government officials in the tax policy services group and consults with clients on a variety of tax policy questions, including legislative and regulatory matters. It is a pleasure to have you both here with us today, and we are very excited to hear your thoughts and insights on the matter. Mary, I pass it on to you.
2: Thank you so much for having us, Mark. Great to be with you today.
1: Thank you, Mary. It's a pleasure to have this discussion with you.
2: Mark, we know you have seen a lot of trade developments in your career, and I think we can all agree that we expect a significant shift in approach with the new administration. We are a month away from the inauguration of President-elect Biden. We also know that the deadline for the UK-EU negotiations has just passed, but negotiations are continuing and progress is being made. So I'd like to start our conversation with this. As we look at the potential Brexit impact of the change in administration, what could that mean in terms of U.S. tax and international trade priorities?
3: It will mean significant changes, Mary. As often said in Washington, personnel is policy. That convention applies to the new members of the president-elect's cabinet, such as the Secretary of Treasury, but just as importantly, the sub-cabinet positions, such as the Undersecretary for the Treasury for International Affairs. Now, in this case, we have Janet Yellen as the nominee for Treasury Secretary. Another key cabinet position change that will bear directly on developments in the U.S.-U.K. relationship post-Brexit is the United States Trade Representative, or the USTR. That nominee is likely to be Catherine Tai, who is a veteran Ways and Means Majority Tax Chief International Trade Counsel and well-respected on Capitol Hill. These officials, all confirmable by the United States Senate, mostly by the Senate Finance Committee, will carry out the policy objectives for President-elect Biden though some of these cabinet posts might be filled quickly it will take a bit of time to fully stand up the key policy apparatus businesses looking for the policy developments post brexit will need to be patient as the government is being formed
2: so thanks for that mark i think what's interesting about that is is business isn't always uh, terribly patient we like to know sure. answers as soon as possible so I'm going to ask you um, to go just a little bit deeper, if you will, and sort of what do you really think this is going to mean to the U.S. and U.K. relationship? And maybe actually specifically how how would a deal or no deal scenario potentially impact our U.S.-U.K. trade deal or the U.S.-EU deal?
3: Thank you, Mary. Uh, President-elect Biden spent 44 years in the U.S. Senate, including eight years as the vice president, who presides under our Constitution, presides over the Senate, so is, a, is an officer of the Senate. And he had a long membership as a senior member of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee. In looking at that history, you can see as a policymaker, president like Biden is very comfortable with multilateral organizations such as NATO. That stands in sharp contrast to President Trump. If President Trump had prevailed, deal or no deal, the administration would likely have pivoted directly to aim to complete the trade agreement discussions. With the incoming administration, because of comfort with a multilateral approach, there will likely be an eye to a dialogue with the EU while approaching the next steps. If there is a deal, that dialogue will be easier to balance as the UK-US discussions proceed. To be sure, the incoming administration will prioritize maintaining the very important alliance between the US- in the UK, just as much as the outgoing administration did.
2: Mike, let me ask you to say a little bit more about the balance comment. I think that's really interesting and why it's so different under a Biden administration than it would have been under Trump. Can you expand
3: on that a little bit? So the balance will be looking at competing interests, right? There will be looking at maintaining a, a very productive dialogue with the EU, and one with the UK, even though the two have parted company in terms of the UK's membership in the EU. The president-elect is a policymaker who has lived in the diplomatic world in his many, many years in the Senate. So that skill of maintaining dialogues in a productive way with parties, in this case, countries and, and a, a block of countries that have differing interests, is something that I think will come naturally to the president-elect. And he will likely be uh, telegraphing that throughout his administration.
2: So you mentioned the sharp contrast. I think that's an interesting way to think about what we're going to see in the coming months and uh, in years, but certainly in the very near future with the change in the administration, so let's go a little bit deeper on the multilateralism comment that you just made. And maybe it would be good to talk a little bit about two specific topics, um, the World Trade Organization and, and another, which I'd like for you to touch on too, the TPP, the Trans-Pacific Partnership. Might we expect a different approach by the new administration to, to those organizations? And and can you maybe talk a little bit about your views on that?
3: Sure. Thank you, Mary. On the WTO, as we know, President Trump openly speculated about the U.S. leaving it, an unprecedented position for the U.S. With the incoming Biden administration, I think it highly unlikely that narrative would be in play. On the Trans-Pacific Partnership, or TPP, as a member of the Obama administration, President-elect Biden played an important role in the U.S. participation in reaching the agreement. During the campaign, President-elect Biden was critical of President Trump's withdrawal of the U.S. from TPP. I'd expect a new administration to be looking for opportunities to rejoin the TPP. With opposition on the left and the right to the TPP, domestic politics will likely play a role in those efforts.
2: Interesting times ahead. Right. And I think especially if you are um, living in the EU uh, or you're a a person in the UK, you will feel a different tone, uh, particularly around multilateralism going forward. So let's let's actually turn a little bit to what's going to happen in the next month um, and what that means to the new administration coming in and really what it means to the balance of government. Because, as we all know, what that balance looks like is going to have some pretty significant implications on what gets done and particularly in foreign policy. So before our new president elect can take office on January 20th, we know there's an important election coming in Georgia that really has a significant impact on what happens in the Senate. So I'd love for you to comment, Mark, on that And then think about what the potential outcome, how those potential outcomes will affect the UK and the EU.
3: Sure. Thank you, Mary. Democrats must win both Georgia seats to obtain the narrowest possible Senate majority of 50-50, with Vice President-elect Harris breaking any ties. If Republicans hold one or both seats, they will retain a narrow majority of 51 or 52 seats. For observers of post-Brexit UK-US trade, tax and trade developments in the new administration and Congress, they should note that trade agreements, tax treaty changes, and internal revenue code changes will be more complicated in a narrowly divided Congress. Having said that, there is bipartisan support for the outgoing administration's trade responses on digital service taxes, or DSTs though the controversy is centered on the French DST at the moment. With the French DST in effect, the U.S. trade response remains vigorous. What an incoming administration will do with that tension, including the collateral effects on the U.K. DST, we won't know until we're closer to the cabinet appointment confirmations and other actions.
2: So thank you, Mark. I know um, it's not comfortable to speculate, so I'm not going to ask you to really give us your crystal ball view on exactly what you think is going to happen. But and I know we won't know until we get a little closer to confirmations and other actions. But as you mentioned earlier, we know a lot about the what we might expect from this administration because of all the years of service that you've seen before and sort of the skills and negotiating capabilities and multilateralism that you've seen before. So what do you think will happen with the UK DST if if you're able to offer a perspective, a little bit more of a perspective on that?
3: Well, Mary, I I do think the the French DST is the leading horse in this derby. So in that sense, to a certain degree, The developments on the French side will probably affect uh, the discussions of the UK DST. At the same time, I am certain that the incoming administration will want to make movement towards uh, shoring up some of the negotiating issues that that will be continue to be in play with respect to the UK-US trade agreement that is the target. So, frankly, they will have to balance those things. As they move forward, you have a mix, and that, that's why the, the mix of these issues is important to get the Treasury Secretary in place and the USTR in place, because as you can tell, they they intersect. There is obviously some big tax questions in play with respect to how the, the U.S. responds, the U.K. DST uh, that have trade implications, uh, and vice versa in terms of. You know the role of the, the Treasury Department here. So it has been a multiple voices as during the Trump era, with Secretary Mnuchin playing a role and U.S. Trade Representative Lighthizer playing a different role, but coordinated from the from the U.S. standpoint. You'll have to see a similar coordination from the administration.
2: So, Mark, there are a lot of questions, um, I think, still to be answered, and I do have a closing one that I want to bring with you. But before I actually do that, is there anything that I didn't ask you about in our time together today that you would like to comment on for our audience?
3: Sure. Thank you, Mary. Uh, Legislation that should be released momentarily on the omnibus appropriations bill and the COVID-19 relief package very significant legislation that, that there is agreement on it. Text will be released. will include some trade matters, particularly with respect to the very important U.S. MCA, the U.S.-Mexico-Canada trade agreement, uh, which was a priority for Congress and the, and the, and the Trump administration. There be some technical corrections in that legislation, which will, frankly, make the agreement... Um, operate a lot more smoothly
2: terrific so let me close with um, one last question which is around what do we actually know for sure so let me preface that with just context of a month ago we had more uncertainty about the u.s election today we have the electoral college vote behind us we've moved further in the brexit negotiations we know there's some key events to come in congress so with that as your context, Mark, maybe comment on what, what do we know for sure?
3: Well, Mary, the U.S.-U.K. relationship is very important, especially with key policymakers on the Hill now and will be in the incoming administration. Policymakers will put a priority on addressing the needs of the U.K. post-Brexit in the interest of preserving the strength of that key alliance. Since the U.S. is not in a parliamentary system, observers will have to exercise some patience as the incoming Biden administration fills key policy posts.
2: Well, I think one thing we can all agree on is that the EU, the U.K., and U.S. relationships remain very important to all of us. So I'd like to just close by thanking you, Mark. And by thanking the European-American Chamber of Commerce for providing us with an opportunity to have our discussion today.
1: Thank you, Mary. The pleasure was all ours. Thank you very much, Mary and Mark from PwC. We really appreciate you taking the time to come in and speak with us today. So that concludes this episode. I would like to extend another thank you to our audience. We hope that you enjoy listening to this program. And stay tuned for our final Brexit musing with Ambassador John Bruton, the former Prime Minister of Ireland and the former EU ambassador to the US, who will have the final word. Take care. Thank you
0: for joining us for this podcast from the European-American Chamber of Commerce New York. Please remember to subscribe and rate this episode and be sure to check out the complete list of recordings on our website at eaccny.com, right Smash Podcasts. If you have any thoughts or comments about this series, we would love to hear from you. Feel free to reach out to us at membership at EACCNY.com to learn more about our work, how to get involved and how to join our transatlantic network.